Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. If you're in the market for a disc, head on over to discbaron.com. Use the code ONO10 to get 10% off and get some discs. Use the code ONO20 to get 20% off over at frictiongloves.com and get some disc golf gloves. They are freaking sweet. Also, if you're in the mood for our merch, head on over to our Teespring store, linked below or wherever it is, and you can get free shipping. Use code ONO. We make no money. We used to pass the savings on to you. I'm the teacher. I'm the teacher. This is not a good goal open. <laughs> I want to know why every company has decided to put out a new overstable approach disc this year. Name one. Name four. Name four. All right, so Castaplast came out with the Jarn, which they didn't Jarn. have one, so that makes sense. Okay. Innova, well, last year came out with the Toro, but just released it to the public, and it replaces kind of their Rat or AVR X3. Are they not doing the AVR X3 anymore? I mean, I'm pretty sure they are because Maria Olivia's team team tour series tour series is so it's the not AVR replacing X3. anything. It's just built alongside of it now. Yeah, it's just like the more overstable version of it, and uh, then. So I so it makes sense I guess for those two, but the this is what I'm really trying to wrap my head around is dynamic discs is coming out with the culprit and the Saki bomb slammer, and the culprit looks exactly like a harp, which is from West Side. So it's like why why do you need your own name on a harp when you have West Sides? Right. So, I mean, that just seems like a money grab to me. Yeah, and then it feels like putting out both of them so close together because the culprit just came out for like a match play fundraiser thing and then the Saki Bomb Slammer is coming out yesterday, Tuesday, as you guys are listening to this. So like them coming out so close together seems like it's just going to ruin the potential sales that it could have. But One will steal from the other. Yeah, so I don't know. Pretty Pretty strange to me if you're asking my opinion questionable marketing decisions i mean i guess disc golfers will buy any new mold to try it out but true but if it's exactly like another mold that you can get from the same company it's kind of like an eye squint you know you're like what are you what are you doing and maybe i mean maybe the culprit's a little bit different but i can't imagine there's so much difference in like a low speed overstable approach disc that it's like oh my god i have to have this over over this you know what i mean kyle's kyle's over here debating the differences between his old zone and his new zone so and the difference between like you know my harp and the zone that that i i 
weirdly, I throw one harp in my bag and I have two zones. Well, I I still I think the harp is more overstable than the zone for sure. I would say it is. Yeah. So then, but so did you think in the culprit they made an over more overstable harp or could be? Which I mean, then sure that has a use, but yeah, sure. But then you're just throwing a baobab or a stego. <laughs> yeah, but it's not a baobab <laughs> because nobody can buy those because I've never seen one in a store ever. Oh yeah, I've. I mean, they're uh, at the store nearby me. Baobab, and then, and then uh, you can get them straight from like AGL's website. No, you can't. Yeah, you can. I not allowed. There. Pretty sure it's allowed. You can even get a uh, seed of a baobab tree that, if you plant it outside, it'll die because they're not made for North American weather. We'll send you something. So you can kill it. Uh, you can grow a baobab inside. It's just uh, not an easy to take care of plant. We'll send you something so you can kill it. <laughs> but what was the question? Like, why are they doing this? Yeah, why is it? It's it's the year of the overstable approach disc, and I think it's silly. It's just like I don't know. Razor Claw Two just came out not too long ago too. I don't think it was this year, but. I I don't know. They're just going to keep on throwing new discs against the wall, I think. Just trying to gain attention. I guess. Give me that money. It's just like, yeah, everyone. When when one company creates something good, everyone's got to copy it and make their own version of it. I I guess the main question is, why does Trilogy Dynamic have to make two versions of it? So is one, is there any originality left in the world at all, ever, no, in anything? No. 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 And Not then really. two, does it matter? No. no. No, not really. No. This is so, getting deep fast. So just enjoy it. Smile. Enjoy the new discs because it's cool and new. Go spend money. That's the or, main thing. Or you can just enjoy your same old zones and harps and razor claw tactics and... Didn't you hear? New discs fly better. They do. No, they don't. No, that's a lie. I will take beaten in discs that I've had in my bag over new discs any day. Don't listen to Kyle. He's a liar. The fart closet. (laughs) That actually reminds me of a funny story, if you want to hear it. Yeah. Whenever we were hanging out with... (laughs) It's not a funny story. It's not a funny story. (laughs) Whenever we were hanging out when I was younger, like, way younger, with, with like, my cousins and stuff up north, man, if I had bad gas, they would just send you... We had a fart closet where if you were too gassy, you'd have to go to the fart closet to go chill out for about two minutes and then you'd be able to come back and hang out with the rest of the people again that sounds horrible <laughs> i was gassy i was a really gassy kid i i would have well you had older cousins right oh yeah yeah because <laughs> that's the, like one of the older cousins so <laughs> what is that i go hang out in a closet till i'm done farting i'm told them to go fuck themselves <laughs> yeah i mean i was i was pretty young i i I was into it. 
<laughs> now look at you so, full circle. Yeah, some things never change. Yeah. <laughs> Get to the fart classic. I don't know if this is going to be funny for anyone besides me and you. That's fine. Get to the fart classic, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Ono Disc Club Podcast. We're talking about farts today. Home of the fart closet. Coming to you live. From the fart closet. That's Eric. I'm Kyle. This is the show we do once a week, every Wednesday. If this is your first time here, welcome. Good luck. If this is not your first time here, welcome back. Also, good luck. <laughs> Strapping. <laughs> Getting ready for a doozy. Because now we have to get very serious. So super duper serial. And Kyle is going to tell us how someone should develop a handicap system for disc golf. And I'll tell him why I think he's wrong. I think it makes sense to allow competitive play between an intermediate player and a little bit lower ranked player. It's just, it's fun to have competition and to provide the opportunity for anyone to have have success on any given day. I want to really emphasize, you know, people who are shooting the best rounds of their life and like I shoot par and feel like I shot a shitty round and I still beat them. That, that shouldn't be a thing. So, Yeah. We're talking about a golf style, like what they do at like golf leagues, like regular ball golf leagues. Yeah, so usually what they do, they, I think the, what they do is they go through the last 20 hole or 20, uh, whatever fuck rounds they've played and the 10 best is what they do as their handicap. So we're just going to do half that and go 10 and five. Yeah. So I don't think it's necessarily bad to have a handicap system in place um but to have like one so like pdj has a rating system you know has their has their ratings to have like one system for multiple or for that's like supposed to be for everybody is uh i just don't think it is necessary because the handicap system will be used in mostly stuff that is, like, unsanctioned to play and... How is it used in golf? Regular golf? Ball ball golf? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't play See, golf. See, that's, that's my problem, too, is that I'm inexperienced in that way. Yeah. So a lot of this is coming from my friend Will. Right. And the only reason that I'm bringing it up, too, is because in a private league that I'm a part of, we're trying to come up with a handicap system to make it more competitive and more fun because we don't want just the same two people to have the number one and number two tags because they are rated, you know, high 900s right. versus somebody who's in the seven or eight hundreds that are in For the sure. same private league. It just makes sense. Um, so I get it. I think it makes sense to do it for a single course type, type, you know, like a handicap for, you know, for, for me, for just Cass City or a handicap for just Millington, but a, you know, I don't know, like a, a plus five handicap at Cass City would just be like way, way too easy, I think. So that's why I just, I just don't feel like it would, 
it would work well, if anything, if I got busy enough at Cassidy to where I could do a singles league. I would probably just try to offer like two divisions, you know, like I know everybody like is enough, you know, and it wouldn't be sanctioned leagues just because I I don't even know where to begin there. I know everyone who comes to Cassidy leagues enough that I could help them pick a division to make it the most fun for each division involved. But we do doubles, so it doesn't matter. I'm saying if I was doing singles. Uh, But I think the problem with the handicap system in disc golf is that the variance of courses is larger than I would say in golf. Not like how different the courses. I'm saying the scores, I think, vary more. Yeah, I don't have data on that, so I don't know. Neither do I. It's just a feeling. We need to talk to a golfer. <laughs> we'll, we'll have Will on, and he'll, maybe he'll go. talk about this. So, uh, if you want to hear, if you want to hear, it, like we just went to a course that we've never played before, um, right? Or like I've never never played before. So, how do we get our handicap there? Uh, we just decided to pick three courses. We picked an easy course, a medium course, and a hard course in the area that we all th- all of us had played. Took five rounds from each of each of them, so it was just. You know, you can you can find a handicap and take it to another course that you've never played before, and it will apply. Like, and it, and it made a ton of sense. Like, uh, Will and I were like, I think we tied at Optimist, and then at Pessimist, I only beat him by like one or two strokes because of the handicap. Whereas, like, I was I think like you know ten strokes ahead of him, basically. Yeah. So, so okay. So it's fine to I'm not saying we should not have there should be handicap systems for certain things. I just don't think disc golf needs one that is just like across the board, you know, like I I don't think we need a a specific like this is how the disc golf all of disc golf does it. Um even if you know unless there's a a handicap sanctioned play 90% of the people that are do- doing a handicap system for leagues are going to do their own thing. Do they take handicaps into their sanctioned play at all? Because it's that's no the all pro stuff, and that's all scratch play anyway. Yeah. So, honestly, I mean, that's I, something we need to look into a little bit more, I guess. Yeah. But I do think that there needs to be a alter to the PDGA rating system. The only thing I'll bring up, because I... I don't even know where to begin with it is a negative 12 at the champions cup course. WR Jackson is rated lower just a little bit was rated lower than fountain Hills. Then the same negative 12 at fountain Hills was rated a little bit lower. And I know it's all week to week how people are playing, but WR Jackson is a, conditions mm-hmm, is a much tougher course than, fountain hills so that was just weird weird to see but i don't talk too much about wr jackson because it's coming up where we're gonna i think actually i think we're probably jumping into it right now because i don't have much else to say eric you ready to jump on in to that yeah so was our second was technically the second major everyone's been saying the first but the first major was college nationals so this is the first professional major was the champions cup this weekend in georgia at wr jackson was the course it is at the what is the what is the 
disc golf place called that's there? The International Disc Golf? It's like the main headquarters for the for the Disc Golf Association. Um, so that's kind of cool. It was a very emotional weekend, especially for the FPO side. Kyle watched a lot of it from, from the text I was getting, so... That was exciting for him because he doesn't always it was a good time. check in on, on, on the disc golf, what's going on for the weekend. Got to throw it on the projector for a while. It was good. We haven't, uh, we actually haven't talked professional disc golf for what, three weeks now? Yeah, we had yeah. some guests and we just yep. didn't. We had so. guests and they were just like little silver series. I mean, not that they're not important, they're just not as important as a major or the elite series so and like you know we don't want to like ever cut a guest off like yeah yep <laughs> like, we prefer no we need to talk about things yeah. that happened already mm-hmm. and i i feel like most of the people who are you know most of you listeners are probably have watched it or at least kept up with it by wednesday comes along so you know kind of what happened so but we'd still like to give you our thoughts and feelings on things that happened anyway like this little thought and feeling i have is i think somehow when chris dickerson came over to discraft him and paul Macbeth switched spots so chris dickerson used to be really famous for even if he was like you know had no chance of winning on sunday he would still shoot like crazy hot round sunday to come back and at least like you know make a bunch of more money so and this weekend, final day, Sunday, Paul Macbeth shot a 16-under for the course record, which was wild considering the next closest was 13-under, right? Gannonburg. Yeah, Gannonburg. Also that Sunday. Yeah, so. Also broke the previous record. Yep. But didn't what? matter. Yep. <laughs> Doesn't matter what you do at this point. I mean, that would suck. You you beat the record. Paul Macbeth yeah. beats by three strokes. But to also just be beat by Paul Macbeth is pretty cool. What is he, 16? Yep, 16. And like a thousand. I was getting <laughs> beat by a little kid at skateboarding when I was 16. <laughs> like physically beat or? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Mentally too. Um, also on the final day on the FPO side, uh, Katrina Allen shot a hot round of seven under to jump up like 15 spots or something. She was on the fifth card, so 20 spots-ish to get it's into like, a top 10. It's not an easy course. Yeah. Yep. And she, I mean, she she only finished even, which is amazing for, you know, what she was going into the final day as, but... That's what she had to do to finish even was shoot a seven under. It's a fun, It was a fun course to watch. Lots of woods. Lots of, well, pretty much all woods. Can't remember if it was on the practice round or something. Or maybe it was Philo in coverage. Was talking about how a lot of the holes have obvious, like, two different fairways that you can kind of take. Very much. I think it's really cool. Like that, that makes it really cool. They're both talking about it. It was practice round and on file. I think Philo was talking about it too. Okay. It, the course designer did it very intentionally. 
Yeah, yeah. That's what I I knew they were talking about the course designer, and I thought for some reason it would have just been one. But when you watch, what is it? Four times four, sixteen, twenty-ish hours of disc golf in a weekend, then it all kind of runs together. <laughs> right? Are you Philo? <laughs> Philo? Philo? Philo's here. Did you hear that he signs, makes his signature with a little birdie next to it for his albatross, like his like world famous albatross. Really? Yeah. He was talking about it on uh, on the final day coverage. They showed Eagle McMahon signing autographs. And uh, I guess he used to sign it Mr. Albatross for a while because it, like, it was like so world famous. It's, it's so funny when that shot comes up because like on like random social media accounts or whatever, it'll say stuff like 800 foot disc golf throw in. And it's like, it's definitely not 800 foot. Not that it's not cool. But it's nowhere near 800 feet. Not even. Yeah. So it's it's just really funny when it comes up. Anyway, um, I'll get into the FPO scores and then we'll touch touch base quickly why it was such an emotional weekend for the FPO. So we had Sarah Hoka coming Sarah Hokum coming in third at four under. Kristen Tatar in second at eight under, and Paige Pierce taking home her seventeenth major win at nine under uh so starting off with yeah i know so starting off with number one Paige pierce seven the 17th major win makes her yeah the leader in the most fpo major wins just passing valerie jenkins so now she you know has like a huge title for her which is great but if you watch her post round interview she had this big long conversation with her dad before they started about how he thinks you know winning's everything and if you're not going out there to win like kind of what you know like you're not considered successful in his mind and it took a lot for her to kind of get herself out of that mindset and to get into more of a regardless I'm still doing what I love type type mindset like even if there's nothing left to win yeah yeah it's then, still the most I'm still, enjoyable thing I'm doing. Yeah. She, yep. She, yeah. That's what she said in a post to, you know, win or lose. I'm still, you know, she, she travels full time with her girlfriend and yeah, does what she loves. And I don't think there's anybody who likes disc golf in the world that would, would change, would want, you know, something different out of it. I mean, obviously everybody wants to win, but Anyone would switch places in like a heartbeat if they could, obviously, with her. So I think I think she realized time. that, yeah, seventeen time major winner. Um, so she she it was like she had hard hard time doing the interview because I think there's a lot of like self realization for her, kind of in that last like you know maybe nine holes. It was it was kind of tough to watch, honestly, because I think a lot of people have been there to where they. They need to figure out how to do it for themselves and not to make their parents proud or not to, you know, make somebody else happy. So good for Paige. With Kristen Tatar, she came into hole 18 with a, I can't, it's either a two or one stroke lead. Hole 18 has been eagled like quite a few times by FPO players. So I want to say it was a two, two stroke lead. Nope, it was a one-stroke lead. So there was a chance for Paige Pierce to eagle it and set up for either the win or the 
or the tie as long as Kristen birdied it. She had a just outside the circle putt for the win and threw it all the way to the other side of the circle, missing the putt, and then all the way back to the other side of the circle, missing the putt again. She ended up four putting and dropping the the loss, dropping the, or dropping the tournament to Paige Pierce, who just had a tap in for her birdie. And she didn't even have to tap in for a birdie. She could have tapped in for her par and still walked away with the wind. So it was uh, sad to see that happen. Because it's like, it's not a good way to win either. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, you never I mean, want you your still won, but to fuck up like that. Yeah. Like, you still won, but yeah. it's, it's, it doesn't, doesn't feel great. Feel yeah. yeah. So earlier that round, Kristen had her nine-year-old daughter with her on uh as a she had the caddy tag because in elite series you're not allowed anyone to follow with you or the, they got to be in the crowd they can't like be between the media and the player so she had her nine-year-old daughter with her as a caddy but there's also a rule that all caddies have to be 13 years old which is fairly new a fairly new rule and so this that year. whole at hole nine, the article I read said Elaine King messaged Paige Pierce's caddy to let her know that, you know, Kristen could be disqualified if, like, a competitor points it out. So then now Kristen at hole nine has to find some random person in the crowd to walk with her nine-year-old daughter. Luckily, Paige Pierce's caddy had a friend in the crowd that she signed up to take care of her. Um, but, I'm, you know, I... I can't imagine how how stressful that would be, you know, for one for a nine year old to like, oh, yeah, here, this is your new best friend for the next hour and a half. So I actually I have one more little fold to that, too. They actually ended up giving the kid a quiet sign, too. Yep. 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 So that they could could get closer a little bit Mm -hmm. closer. Yeah. Yeah. So it's funny. It. um so Kristen posted about it, you know, no one said anything. And then Kristen made a post about what happened at just, you know, in general at Champions Cup and the freaking world just, I mean, the whole disc golf world was just pissed off at PDGA. People were playing, blaming Paige Pierce. Um, people were blaming, you know, everybody under the sun and making it out to be this like giant ordeal without having any information about it. And I just, I thought it was hilarious because I was like, you know, Kristen doesn't even seem mad about it. She, her, her, all her post talked about with her daughter was she was proud of how strong she was and like wasn't freaked out at any time, you know, being kind of in this crowd of people that she doesn't know in a completely different country. And everyone just took that as like PDGA is the, the worst people on the planet for making her do this. So, right. It's just like, well, yeah. It's kind of the rules. Yeah, they and they did everything to accommodate her. Um, I, I think it is kind of a silly rule, but I think it could also cause problems if abused in like and you know in the in the wrong way. But yeah, I also read a thing too that like they weren't there was never they weren't ever gonna like disqualify her or anything. It yeah. Wasn't, yep. But uh, but it's it's a rule. People should follow the rules. The only thing that I read for what. Like what she could get disqualified for is is leaving the kid in the crowd without someone to take care of her. 
Yeah, but no, you remember how uh, like Scott Stokely missing his tea time? That was the best yeah. response to breaking a rule I've ever seen. Like, yeah, no, he fucked up. Like, yep, and he moved on. <laughs> that's it. I just, I honestly, I just, <laughs> when I was watching it unfold on social media, I was just like, I'm sure it's not that big of a deal. So it was nice to. Then Kristen came out and said, you know, like, I, you know, I, I enjoyed how all parties handled it. You know, it was her, she knew it was her fault and she'll learn from it and move on next time. So, dude, MPO was a fun watch. Yes, it was. It was lots of battling every day. There's always like up and downs, but everyone like stayed, stayed in a hunt for a while. What I think day one, you had to go like, I don't even remember, but it was like all the way down to close to like 20th place was like within two strokes of each other, three strokes of each other. It it was like that going into the final day too. Yeah, there was, there was there's so many people. So almost close. twenty within five strokes of the lead. I think. Yeah. Yep. So that was it was uh really exciting. Uh, we got to see some people we don't get to see on coverage. Um, Gavin Bab Babcock for the final day. You know, was only just like one back of Chris. I think. Dude was killing it. Yeah, dude's a Division One wrestler. So someone said he's like, "Oh, I know who I'd pick for disc golfers to win in a fight." <laughs> so it was pretty funny. Fuck yeah! We've got to see. We should have said oh. KJ. You think? He's a he was a football player. player. Yeah, but not all football players are good fighters. That's right. I think he was like a punter, actually. Yeah, he's he's the. I mean, so. I don't doubt his like physical abilities to fight. I doubt more of his like mental abilities to fight. He's he just he just seems too happy. You gotta get mad. Yeah, he just. I mean, even like when he had his his bad luck last year, not you know his bad, yeah, you know his rollaways or whatever. He just seemed to shake it off and all right, well, keep playing. He'd be like the type of guy to get punched in the face and laugh as as the guy like walked away thinking he won. That's true. So uh, rounding out the top three for the MPO was Calvin Heimberg at number three with 36 under, who me and Kyle were rooting for. We really wanted yeah, Calvin really to get sad. this win. I thought he was going to take it. Yeah, we were hoping. He had all the opportunities. And then we need to f- figure out how we can change Calvin's Eagles to something else because if I wasn't like absolutely paying attention to coverage... Ian would say, oh, this is an eagle for Calvin. I'm like, oh, he's going to make it an eagle? That gives him the chance. And then I realize he's just throwing an just eagle throwing off the tee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh. So then we had Ricky coming in second at 37 under and Chris Dickerson taking home the win at 39 under. Not that we don't like Chris or Ricky. The dick man. Just really like Calvin. Yeah. But um, right. congrats, Chris, on the win. Friend of the show. <laughs> I I dig it. Yeah, but I think starting the weekend, starting the weekend, we uh, or starting the weekend, I kind of felt like the course really laid out for like Chris's game. It does. It seems like kind of like an idle wild or like Tennessee ish type course. So I could see it. I really I don't understand. I can't remember what hole it was, but they're giving away a grill, and I don't understand yeah. that. 
<laughs> like that's cool and all, but most of these people are traveling in vans. I don't think they have a whole lot of room to fit a full-size grill in the van. So, unless you're like shipping it to their like home base or whatever, it just is like a yeah, kind of a silly that. thing. It's cool, but weird at the I same mean, time. I, I wouldn't turn it down. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> Unless they're like, yeah, you got to pay to ship it. It's uh, $500 to ship it. Right. We're like, yeah, you have to pay taxes on it. Yeah, for sure. It'll be $600. Mm-hmm. So coming up this coming weekend, the 22nd and the 20 through the 24th, we have the Copenhagen Open in Denmark, which is the first European Pro Tour event of the year. And we have Jonesboro Open all on the same weekend. Jonesboro Open's Elite Series, so live coverage by Disc Golf Network and post-produced by all the usual, Joe Mez Pro, Gatekeeper, GK Pro, and I have no idea who's producing the European Pro Tour. I even tried to look it up, and I couldn't find any information about it, so good luck finding Someone. it. Somebody. Well, I thought it a might be the Spin TV used to do a lot of the European stuff, but um, the European Pro Tour is all sponsored by Prodigy, and Spin TV is kind of like an Innova thing, so I didn't know if... Catch it on Google Maps. Do it. Yeah, there you go. It'll update in a year. <laughs> You'll see it, kind of. Three, two, one. Top, Top five. five. Oh, yeah. So for our top five today, we did the top five companies outside of the disc golf world that we would like to be sponsored by. Yeah. I'll kick it off at number five with Carhartt because I really like their hats. I hear they have good jackets, (laughs) but I've never worn one. Yeah. But yeah, they're like wintertime hats are, have always been my favorite and I own tons of them. They also have nice gloves, because I've had a pair of their gloves. I just happened to lose them. So if I could have an unlimited supply because I was sponsored by them for gloves, that would be pretty cool. And hats. And hats, yes. I have I have enough hats, but I'll always take more. I don't know what else they make. They're about to make cool stuff. Winter stuff under, like, under, you know, like, thermal shirts or whatever. Not, like, Under Armour, but, you know, like, that same, offers the same type of protection or heat keeper in her <laughs> insulation it, right? yeah i was gonna try and <laughs> try and transition off that but you made it so easy yep good at it just like insulation <laughs> Insulation's not easy it's the worst job in the world it's so easy just like number four <laughs> smooth like keith stone <laughs> Yeah, like a like a baby on board stroller. Oh, I don't actually know if that's what B.O.B. stands for. Just so <laughs> we're aware. That's just what came up in my mind when I was looking at right, it. Well, I it. thought that you were I thought you were being serious when you said oh, that. Yeah. It makes sense. A B.O.B. stroller. Preferably the Iron Man ones because those look like the nice ones, nicest ones. I'd be just stoked to have a baby cart sponsor so i could rip off all the baby stuff and have a dope ass fucking like with like shocks and stuff i i've seen some of those 
he's just trying to get a really nice cart, you know, like a a really, you know, easy to push cart, you know, maybe mm-hmm. some some Don't brakes. Don't get me wrong. Know, maybe I love my brake cart. system. Yeah. Mine mine does have brakes. Okay. Parking brake. Oh, cool. We don't even need the sponsor anymore. Sorry, Bob. I know. My cart's dope. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's not cool. I'm just saying, you know. To have, like, an unlimited supply of them would be cooler. That. And and, and just, you know, then I could rep it and be like, yeah, go get your baby cart today. Yep. So if you're listening, whatever B.O.B. stands for, give us a call. Bob. <laughs> I think there's just one fucker named Bob. Yeah, he he's, in the front, company. he's in charge of the sponsorships, though. So get a hold of us. For number three, I picked Bush baked beans because I would probably eat a lot of beans on the road. And Kyle picked Trolley, the gummy worm company. Because. He eats a lot of gummy worms no matter where he's at. Because I'm addicted. He loves them. He's He has loved gummy bears and gummy worms since he's been, I don't know, as far as I've, as long as I've known him. Yeah. Sugar. Sugar. That's, that's the, if you want a really, really, really long addiction story, cut down to one word. Sugar. Yep. Mountain Dew and gummy worms. Gummy bears, gummy worms, gummy gummies. Used to be a healthy amount of caffeine associated with the sugar, too. But no longer on that. Dude, they make a flaming hot Mountain Dew now. That is just insanity. That doesn't... That doesn't... Whoever came up with that can get out. Yeah, nothing like... Nothing of that sounds good. Not that Mountain Dew is that good anyway, but... Right, but... <laughs> Dude, I had one the other. I used to drink like a two liter of fucking Mountain Dew a day. Yeah, he used to I... come to school with a liter of Mountain Dew, half drinking already. Then I finish know. it and then get another one <laughs> on the way home. <laughs> I don't know how I'm alive, but anyway, I was just saying that I. <laughs> I tried a Mountain Dew, like, I don't even remember, not that long ago, but it was fucking nasty. Yeah, it doesn't taste good. Once you're, like, away from away from pop, it just tastes like... How I did I drink know. so yeah. much of it? Yeah. Unreal. Mm-hmm. It's just, I mean, but it's the same, same shit with cigarettes. It's like, it's the cigarettes are so addicting that they, like, literally taste good to you. Until you quit them, and then it's like, taste really, really, really good. It's just nicotine, though. That's that's. I guess it's sugar and caffeine. Yeah, it's all. It's all. (laughs) Pick your pick your uh, chemical drug, there, kids. Mm -hmm. We'll just put it in a bright colored bottle and throw some skater dude's name on it. It's it's the same way. How don't you think that like arcades are? Just a little bit kind of, you know, priming kids for gambling addictions. A little I bit. I don't know. I used to love arcades and I never cared about gambling. I did too. But like, it's because there aren't as fun of games at 
casinos. I guess I mean I guess it depends on what what games draw people in. If you're like just the ones who who go for the cuz that's I've never cared for like the ticket games at all. Like I mean I've wanted tickets, but I would rather play like See, but the you're you're not games. a you're not a gambler. I know that's what I'm saying, so I guess you know if the if I'm not if saying the, the games kids, are going to make you a gambler. I'm just saying the games are going to bring out pre-existing like addictive tendencies around gambling that might not have shown up otherwise right that's well that's like up. i think the kids who would be drawn towards yeah the kids who would be drawn towards just playing the ticket game might then develop the gamble a gambling problem but right oh well <laughs> fuck them anyway <laughs> sorry that was a tangent how did i get on that um sugar and caffeine uh, developing addictions arizona tea is our number two because they never change their price and they won't and they're gonna make less money and they've acknowledged that and it's they're just just gonna but eat they'll it. always make money and that's all they care about that's true and they're like yeah no we're we're still making good money right so you guys are the real mvp you should have been real, number though. one Every yeah, we should have we should, absolutely should have put this number one because every other company that is raising their prices right now while also making record profits can go fuck themselves in their gambling addicted. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going, but I'm just gonna stop it there before I get weird. Yeah, we'll stop. We'll just stop. Yep. Number one Good job, Eric. That was I'm proud of you. Finishing off our list, amazing list. Nintendo. One, we like Pokemon. Two, they're the first ones to develop a disc golf game for their Wii. Well, it was a bonus game, but I'll count it. Wii! And they sell the cheapest game system, so there's that. Plus Mario. But yeah, yep. And we figured I could be Mario and Kyle could be Luigi, or vice versa. Yeah, we could switch. Yep. Each each round will will switch. Yeah, we'll just both need to get a little bit fatter. Luigi's pretty skinny. I guess you should be Luigi, and I should be Mario since I'm the fatter one. <laughs> Only right now we could switch. See, <laughs> and yeah, that is our top five companies we'd like to be sponsored by outside of the disc golf world. Hopefully, that was as entertaining to you guys as it was to us. I got a kick out of it. Especially the Arizona tea tangent. I'm going to enjoy listening to this because I have no memory of anything that I said. (laughs) Anyway, thank you guys for tuning in to episode 63. It was a blast for me. right? I thought it was 63. Pretty pretty sure it's 64. 60 something. (laughs) 64. Thank you guys for tuning in to episode 64. Good job, Eric. Hopefully it was as much fun for you guys as it was for me. Can't speak on Kyle's behalf, but he'll tell I had a great fucking time. You can speak on my behalf. <laughs> Kyle hated <laughs> it the entire time. <laughs> I take that back. Eric's a liar. No. Um, uh, thank you for listening. We come out with these every Wednesday if you feel like listening to another one. If not, I totally understand. <laughs> But listen to another one anyway. 
<laughs> yeah, just kidding. We have like 60 episodes you can go listen to. Do That's it for like, the vine. You do it for the vine. <laughs> it's like 60 hours of content. It's like two days, three days. We're getting there. <laughs> Fuck, That's I'm tired. <laughs> well, we will see you guys next week. And we'll catch you on the flip side.